Hello, hello, Reimaginers, and welcome back to the recap show, NWSL Championship Edition. It is going to be a very special episode. Um, we're so excited that you decided to join us. We love making the show, um, and we love putting important stories into the world. So thank you for being here. Obviously, it was the NWSL finals this weekend, so we've got a lot to cover, and we're going to get right into it. As always, Tobin, please start with the sports. Okay, let's get into the sports. We had um, an awesome championship match. It had everything. It had the drama. It had the unexpected. It had the goals. It had the skills. Um and ultimately, it had a new champion, which was Gotham FC. Gotham FC defeated OL Reign 2-1 um, to hoist their first ever club trophy, um, which was just um, an exceptional game. I don't think anybody could say it wasn't deserved. They fully deserved to, to hoist it um, based on the game that was played and um, for all of us there, for the 25,000 people that were there in the stands, um, it was a very entertaining match um, and one that made us feel all our feels. Um, but I think we should get straight into it in the daily discussion because there's so much about this game and the weekend that we have to break down um, and we'll have to, you know, break it down slowly because because there was a lot there. I can't wait. So this daily discussion, we are going to be breaking down the NWSL final match. Um, I can't wait. I I asked for this match to showcase the NWSL at its best and say what you will about the NWSL, the style of play, transition, yada, yada. I think it's the most entertaining league in the world. It's open. It's energetic. And there's tons of goals. And I think we got the NWSL at its best during this final match. So I'm excited to bring Tobin, your analytical brain, to the world um, and, and share with everybody what, what you saw, what we saw, um, and how that felt. So, you know, there's so much to cover, um, but I thought it would be fun to start with key players of the match. Okay, so I'm excited to get into the the top performers because I think there were some standout moments, standout players of for this sure. of this match, and like dazzled us mm -hmm. in this final, and that's what we asked for. Uh, we have to start with MVP Midge Purse. Um, snaps to her, she was absolutely phenomenal on both sides of the ball. People will remember like the goal contribu contributions, but on both sides of the ball, she was phenomenal. Um, just such an engine. And, you know, another key player was, was Lynn Williams for Gotham. She's living in, in a different category than any player has, has ever kind of reached in the NWSL. This is her fourth NWSL championship. It's insane. Her fourth. Yeah. Three different teams. Three? And three. Western New York Flash, uh, North Carolina Courage, and... Now Gotham. And now Gotham. She was obviously an addition to this team this year. Um, and, you know, every year she's so effective and efficient in this league. Uh, and she's just her style has proven to fit the style of the NWSL. And she's every year she turns up and she dominates this league and she did it again, um, which is really cool to see. And then I think on the flip side on for OL, you know, you have a player like Rose Lavelle who dazzled us. Um, I she just 
loved her finish. Um, you know, she obviously scored uh, OL's only only goal, yeah. and it was just like one of those goals where you have too much time almost, and so people so frequently miss this, and she just yes. showed all of her class, opened her hips, disguised where she was going with the ball, tucked it away. Such class. She she showed <laughs> class all over the field, and that, that goal was exceptional. And we did talk about her peaking kind of at the right time, um, but she was worth the entertainment value, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, and then finally, like kind of to package it all up, I will say we have to give a lot of credit to Yellow Averbush, who's the GM of Gotham, who, you know, publicly said last season wasn't good enough where they finished and, and had a big kind of um, purpose to turn it around this season, bring in Juan Carlos, their coach, bring in an Esther Gonzalez uh, post-World Cup like those are some some big moves that impacted this this team and then bring in a known winner a known entity in a Lynn Williams i think that was like a really a really big change to to um what Gotham did so so cheers to to yeah and one thing that I love that you've mentioned is why Esther Gonzalez is a good fit Mm. um because people will traditionally look at a Spanish player and think um about a very very distinctive style of play and that's a really interesting style of play to see if it like couldn't work in this league Mm. and it generally takes time Mm. um but actually what you have pointed out to me about um Esther is that she actually is sort of like an NWSL player on Spain or an NWSL player on her former team, Real Madrid, because she's scrappy, she hustles, she works, and it was the type of player that could seamlessly fit into a Gotham and help them raise the trophy. She's world-class, but if you take her style, like, she's not much different than, like, a Kristen Hamilton, you know? Like, just she works off the ball. Um, she's She loves to be scrappy. She loves to post up. Um, she presses all game long. And these are all attributes that you would give to, like, a lot of the forwards in the NWSL. Mm-hmm. So for people that weren't familiar with her, um, she actually fit very well to what Juan Carlos wanted to do with his front line at Gotham. Um, and she brought, you know, that, you know, extra sophistication mm-hmm. of that world-class player being able to see things and be in the box. And her header for the finish, it was exceptional that she could have that much time and that much composure to finish on a corner kick like that. Um, was It was pretty unique to see. Mm-hmm. Loved it. All right. All Should right. we keep going? Or let's keep this train going. Um, so... I am trying to think of the best way to approach what was a game with so many highs and lows. Um, It was great hearing about the standout performances because we know football, you know, there's a hundred moments that lead to a single moment Mm. and there's a hundred miles and everything is pending on an inch. Mm. Um, So I think the only way to go through this particular NWSL final is through key moments uh, because we were on a roller coaster in that stadium. Anyone that was watching that match was on an emotional roller coaster. Um, so take us through the key moments of this final match. That means we have to start with the first mo- moment in the third minute. Yep. Wow, we have to get straight into the hard stuff. Um. So, yeah, so third minute of the match, you know, Pino off the ball – goes down um, in a in a way that was a, a super unnatural like 
you know, immediately, you know, something's seriously wrong by her body language. Um, and look, for everyone at the stadium, I don't know what it was like if you were watching the game at home, but for everyone in the stadium, we were kind of all in disbelief of what was happening. Um, some people probably hadn't even taken their seats, you know, um, and we were witnessing a moment that, you know, we knew we were going to celebrate Megan Rapino. We knew that, you know, whether she was going to win the game or not, that we were going to celebrate her um, in that moment. But we weren't ready in the third minute of the game to watch a Megan Rapino not be able to even like walk herself, like had to be helped off the field for her final for her final match. And and the whole stadium was like subdued. Um, and I was looking around trying to see if the stadium was processing what was happening. Um, and I like looked over at you and you were crying. And it was it it was just a it was like such a complicated moment of feelings. Can you take me through like how how you were feeling? Well, you sure love to out me every time I shed a tear. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it was the first few minutes of the match, and I think you said it really well. We just were not ready for the end to come right at the beginning. No. And um, I, you know, when I texted Pino after the game, I told her three tears hit the floor because that's what happened. Like three giant real tears hit the floor underneath my shoes. And, and you know what I thought? I thought that those aren't tears of pity. Mm. That um, she's too important. She's had too big of a career. She's had too much success and joy playing the sport for us to have pity. That that would be a disservice to the legacy that she's leaving. And the tears fell from my face with love and pride um, to be able to have shared the field in the locker room uh, with someone who has had such a long-lasting impact and will continue to have that long-lasting impact. And I think the injury, you know, I stand in what I've been saying all along. Like people want to think life's simple and that like injury is bad and that scoring and winning is good, right? And like that's just not life. Like we want life to just be linear. We want it to be a story and it's not that. Mm. And what her injury symbolized to me was the amount of risk that we all put out every single time that we take the field and that all of the highs, like she's achieved the highest highs. Mm. You know, she's named best player of the world, two-time world championship, like mover and shaker of in social impact. And none of those highs have the weight that they have unless there's the potential for the low. Oh. And that moment was the low. And in some ways, it's just kind of a reflection and amplification of all of her highs, which she deserves. And never want to see anyone get injured, never want to see anyone in pain. Um, but I think that it's the some ironic 
mm. and hard to swallow timing. Yeah. Um, but we invest so much in this sport that we love and it, it is a big risk and that's part of what makes it so beautiful. Um, so, I mean... Pino knows it. We're gonna we're gonna miss her. Everyone's gonna miss her. We're gonna miss those gumby limbs, gumby. and we're gonna miss her her leadership and the power that she held. Yeah. Um, she's you know one of the most electric players to ever to ever play, and um, the legacy lives on. Yeah, I think you said that um, she electrified our lives, and she electrified. Mm-hmm our sport, you know, and that's, I think that's such a good, uh, word for her. Um, with that highlighter pink hair, <laughs> you, t- you were the first one that ever told her you get pink hair. So now, now you, it's I your was, fault. I was also the first one to tell her to go back to blonde. And she said, well, no, well, no, Pressy, this is me. Um, yeah, special, special, special. Hey everybody, it's Tobin, and this episode of The Recap Show is sponsored by Element. As you all know, being a professional soccer player, it's tough. You travel a lot, you train a lot, and it's essential to stay hydrated, and in particular, the use of electrolytes to stay hydrated and to be and perform at our best. That's why I was so stoked to try Element because it's a salty electrolyte drink mix. And I recently found out through a study that our team did on us that I'm actually a very salty sweater, which means I need Element and electrolytes even more. So I got to try all eight flavors. I love the raspberry salt, but you don't just have to be a professional athlete to drink Element. Honestly, everybody needs electrolytes. So it's essential for us to stay hydrated, to drink electrolytes, and there's no better way to do it than through Element. Element can be mixed with pretty much everything. I mix it with water. You can sip on it because it really tastes good. Take it down and you know that for the day you'll be hydrated. And the best news ever is through our code and through our link, you can try Element for free. You can get eight single serve packets for free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors, to pass them around to your friend, to figure out which one you like best. Get yours today at drinkelement.com slash recap. And remember that this deal is only available through my link. So go to drinklmnt.com slash recap. And the best part is Element offers a no question asked refund. Try it totally risk-free. I don't know if a deal gets any better than this. And if you don't like it, you can share it with a friend. I'm sure they'll like it. And if not, try another friend. You have nothing to lose and only electrolytes to gain. Big thanks to Element. Now back to the recap show. So we get back to the sports. You know, one of the best players goes down. um, OL, like, quickly has to regroup. And this is a moment in sports where either a team can come together and they can actually find, you know, more meaning in a match. Mm -hmm. And they can find more energy. And they almost come out like, you know, like these crazy people um, that have been just ignited by something. And and then there's another thing that can happen where, like, the moment can kind of overwhelm you and 
Um, I think we saw a little bit of that. I think we saw a little bit of like them kind of the, the subdued nature that was being felt in the stadium, I think kind of like permeated then like kind of their, their team a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I would describe it as uh, just a slight deflation. A slight deflation. And on the other side of it, I, I think Gotham kind of just kept going. And well, what happened next is yeah. um, a brilliant goal. Yeah, I mean, for Gotham, an exceptional run by by Midge. You know, she she not one but two, three defenders. You know, like all coming at her, and like this was like it, Midge at her best, where she's running at defenders and she's unstoppable and she's um, fainting and um, and getting by her defenders and. We spoke about this as being like a key factor for this game, how Gotham could really hurt OL. Um, But we said there had to be this like little bit extra of this. And what, what Midge did with this run, which is very hard to do, is in a moment where she's dazzling, she's dancing, she's getting by, she's running fast to calm herself down, to take a breath, and to play the perfect, that was the hardest thing in that sequence to that make she did. the pass. Like she did all the hard stuff, but actually the hardest thing was to do the easy thing after you've done all the hard things. Exactly. And she did that. And, you know, uh, kudos to, to, to Lynn, who was where she, exactly where she was supposed to be, to be able to tuck away that ball. But it was a fantastic goal. It was a goal that made the whole stadium go, wow, what a goal. Okay, and this goal happens. Everybody's watching the team celebrate. Yeah. And what are you watching? I'm looking at the bench. My my eyes are immediately drawn to the bench because you have you have the Gotham players who scored the goal celebrating, and then you have the bench that is celebrating probably even more. Like like it was like the bench scored the goal. <laughs> they the staff, the players, they were just Hyped. And so hyped. They have some excellent players on that bench. Yeah. And to see those players just be like so hyped about something. So bought in. And so bought in, like cheerleading. It was like a little weird for me to see. But. But I was like, this is so like, it just showed the culture of the team. We talked about their vibes. We talked about their togetherness. And like, in this moment, I witnessed the energy that I had been calling like their their vibes or whatever mm-hmm. that I had been feeling going into this game that gave me the sense that they had an edge. Yep. And yep. I don't know where they came, it came from. Like, I don't know if it was the Allie Krieger effect. I don't know if it was like the underdog feeling. I don't know if it was the the Mana Shay, uh, uh, Mana Shim and and Sinead Farley like redemption story. Like, but there was there's this energy and this enthusiasm that reverberated through the whole entire Gotham FC players and staff that felt like that was what you were playing against. It was a little uh, reminiscent of old school North Carolina. Oh. A little annoying. Team annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, you you said it so but well. They want I, a re- lot. <laughs> I remember playing those North Carolina teams and it was like you were playing the 11 players on the field, but then you were playing all of the players off the field too, which you know, it's like 
it's it's an energy, you know, mm-hmm. and um, in with that first goal, you could you could really feel it. So I love that we talk. We're talking about key moments of the match. Obviously, Pino exiting the game so early changed the trajectory of everything. Then we have a spectacular Gotham goal, but the key moment that we're calling out is actually the Gotham togetherness and celebration of that goal mm-hmm. um, as being a key factor that ultimately helps uplift a team to a trophy. Yeah. Um, what happens next is OL ties it, and we're like, dang, we got a game. So then Gotham goes up 2-1 on a set piece where Esther Gonzalez seemingly was unmarked. Great service from Midge, but in my mind, and I know – um, the way that Laura sets up her teams, like I don't think that's anything that should ever happen in a championship game. A free header for, mm-hmm. for a corner corner kick goal, um, but it happened. And look, OL Rain go into halftime down two one. Okay, let's talk about the importance of halftime. So so going into going into halftime, you you would think that because you lose this like this figure in this dramatic way with Megan Rapinoe going down, you would think going into that locker room that, you know, it's like it's like sports. It's like coming in and being like, do it for me, like all this stuff. But <laughs> but this is like Megan Rapinoe and, and we were like laughing because we were like, what would Pino say? Like like she would she would use her humor and she'd be disarming and she'd make and a joke. She'd make a joke. Yeah, and I think that that halftime was an opportunity to reset. You talk about the value of halftime almost every game we watch, right, as the reset, as the yeah. pause. And so we we come back out, the, t- the teams take the field, and I think we're all hoping to just see something a little bit different from mm-hmm. OL, um, and we didn't. Yeah. But I will say the second half was a battle. To be fair, the, the sun went down. Start getting a little dark, and then and, the sun went down, and then it started getting a little weird. Yeah, the and weird started weirding, and <laughs> OL actually found a couple chances, and one in particular stood out to me because um, it was the moment where Veronica Lasco was one on one with the keeper. Um, she ended up hitting it into. Uh, shooting it into the goalkeeper and she's been and their lifeline this whole playoff exactly and i think that's what why like for me that kind of like summed it up where like kind of the luck had run the luck run, had out. run out and uh. and it's not to say that that ol couldn't have done it it was there mm-hmm. um but they were missing a little bit of that luck that i think that they had um that brought them all the way to the championship game um, so we did talk about NWSL after dark, but it really became NWSL after dark in extra time. Oh yeah. NWSL after dark was after dark. <laughs> <laughs> so final play of the match. We're five minutes into six minutes of extra time. Um, the goalkeeper comes out and touches the ball outside of the box, handball, but we don't know that. We, I mean, for me, it was close. We couldn't see anything in the no. stadium. We're like, why is it this was, going to VAR? It was so fun, though. Like, everybody, oh, yeah. was, everybody was on their feet. Everybody was, like, making up, like, whatever they thought was going on, which was always completely wrong. And 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 it was just, like, it was a fun feeling, well, right? Well, the first thing was, like, 
I don't know what's going on. Then when it went to VAR, like that signaled and told us this is going to change the game, right? Yeah. You only review it if it's like a game-changing situation, a penalty, yeah. a red card, yada, yada. Yeah. So I was like, whatever's going to happen here is going to be very big. Yeah. And then I was just thinking like, there's no way this is going to be a red card because it's just like, like too exciting. No, like, no, there was no way, but there was every way this was going to be a red card because, and and people want to say like, oh, what's like, what's the best league in the world? This is why NWSL is the most entertaining league in the world because this is actually quite normal. Like a red car card on a VAR decision that probably we didn't have enough cameras to even know if it was like inside or outside the box. And then of course, like the goalkeeper would have to be a field player and like had to switch jerseys. You have Harry Long in the goal trying to coach uh, Neely Martin, like how to play goalkeeper, even though she was like, I've done this more than you, Harry Long. And you have this like long dramatic moment where we're all like, what is going on? And we are in it. We are loving it. We were pulling out our hair, screaming at the top of our lungs. Um, I think that like, I think it sums it up when like the goalkeeper is um, red carded and starts to leave the field and then realizes that her teammate is going in goal, a field player playing goalkeeper. So then she takes off her jersey yeah. to give it to her teammate and then she finds out just, like, that they have another jersey for her. So she's like zigzagging yeah. off the pitch and that just like summed up how I think everyone was feeling. I was like, don't take the sweaty down. jersey, get the fresh kit. Get the fresh kit for her. Um, and obviously, this was a key moment in the yeah. match because so, so this all, was the opportunity for OL to to tie it up. Yeah, and and look, this is this is essentially going to be the last play of the game. Yes, and this is all happening. And meanwhile, OL Rain is you know sitting on the ball like they know that this is going to be a free kick. Lots of time to talk about to discuss what's going to happen. Like Gotham set up, and for some reason, it felt like maybe. Like, there was no Pino out there on the field. At that point, there was no Jess Fishlock on, out there on the field. And it seemed like maybe they were unsure what they were going to do. Or they didn't have, like, a personality that was like, this is how we're going to score the goal. Because I think we were like, roll Pino back out there so you can <laughs> be on one knee and swing that Gumby leg around. It's probably going in. Well, like, I was just like, and, like, everyone around around us were just like, Smash it at the goalkeeper. Like, just smash it at her. Um, Because you have a player, essentially, that, like, has never played in goal, essentially. Um, And you have this huge wall. Um, And this is a moment where, like, it's, it's... 10 seconds left, you're playing basketball, like this is the last shot of the game and you throw it up and you you make your best attempt. And I felt like the the kick was lackluster and it lacked that kind of like determination. And I think it really summed up kind of like the like want want of like the whole game with, with OL Reign. Yeah, I think for me it felt a little rushed. Um, I think obviously you already said it like Rose was the standout player. I trust Rose in that moment, you know, every time. Um, and yet it just was like, 
sometimes the game just tells you when it's not meant to be. Yeah. And when that ball hit the wall and didn't even, I was just like, make the goalkeeper make a play. Yeah. Like just for all of us, can yeah. we have this woman make a save? Because yeah. that would just yeah. be the cherry on top of the, the complete insanity yeah. that is this match. And maybe we were being like a little selfish. Like we wanted it. <laughs> we, we wanted, wanted a goal. It. We wanted, we wanted it to, to keep going. recapping. Um, but yeah, and and like I think it was fitting for how OL like how that whole game went for them, um, unfortunately. And on the flip side, like Gotham, you know, oh, this is great. Like let's get our field player in goal, and like we're gonna be a team. Like let's all feel the feels. Like it, it was like oh yeah for them it was like this uniting moment. Like we're all in it together. We're all doing the job. You know. Yeah. I mean, it was such an exciting match. Yeah. Uh, we were on the edge of our seats the whole for the whole kit and caboodle of this. Yeah. Um, and we cannot recap the NWSL final and Gotham's victory without bringing up the one and only Allie Krieger. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> I let me start here. Okay, go ahead. I think that it is... The warm and fuzzies do the max. Oh, um, this player, our friend, is so loved. She is adored um, by her teammates, uh, by the teams that she plays on, by the entire community. Uh, we said at the beginning, like, oh, these supporters groups, not that impressive. But the Ali Krieger supporter group was massive and it was loud. And we had Ali Krieger chants reverberating through the stadium yeah. the entire time. Yeah. And that must be so cool to feel that in your final match. Yeah. Um, and why? Why is that? Um, I think about Krieger. I think about, you know, with the U.S. Women's National Team for a, a, a long period, there players used to use the league as like a stepping stone mm -hmm. for the national team. It was like... I want to do this cool thing like World Cup and Olympics, but in order to get ready to those things, I'll just be in club and like I'll play some games and I'll like use that as a tryout, use that as a training environment. Mm. And from the very beginning, Allie Krieger has valued the league. She's put her heart and soul into it. Yeah. Um, and as a teammate, I have never experienced someone who is able to put so much effort and energy and love into every single day of what she does. Yeah. She plays every single game like it's a World Cup yeah. final. She plays 5v5 in yeah. training like it's a World Cup final. Yeah. I'm like, aren't you exhausted yeah. caring this much for this long? I do not know how you do it. <laughs> I do not understand how you could care that much all the freaking time. Um, but, but, you know, you talked about yeah. Gotham's culture and their energy and, like, where to come from. Like, uh, yeah. you've got a player that has done what she needs to do in her career. And instead of being like, this is my victory tour, mm -hmm. she says the very beginning of the season, I want to win this trophy. Yeah. I have not won this trophy. She freaking manifested that. Yeah, she really did. And, it, and it's crazy because it takes me back to, like, a couple different, like, Allie Krieger memories. My first um, ever memory of Allie Krieger was um, like early on with the national team. She she came into camp and she was playing in in Germany and this was Allie Krieger like low low bun days. Oh, low early Allie days. Early Allie <laughs> Krieger days and um, and I remember we were like doing a gym workout or something and <laughs> and she was in the gym and she was like. 
you know, lifting weights, and she was counting in German. <laughs> and I was like, like out loud, like, mm, I don't even know German. No, no. And I was like, wow, this chick's intense. Wait, was she doing bicep curls? I in my mind she was. <laughs> and and it's and, and it's the intensity, right? And um and then another another time was when she was left out of of the squad for a while with the with the national team and then for two years. For two years. And she stayed ready. For a lot of players, they would have been like, My time's done with the national team, like move on, whatever. But she stayed ready for any moment. And then she gets a last minute call up to the 2019 World Cup team. And I distinctly remember the first training session she had back in camp. And we were playing 5v5 or something like that. And she played that training session, which all of us probably took for granted. We were like, oh, just going out to train. She played that training session like it was the last thing she was going to do on this planet. And I remember looking around and like it uplifted all of us. Mm -hmm. And it gave us the perspective. And and to your point, it was so so contagious. And she gave everything every day to to her craft um and to the very end and i i i distinctly i watched her that whole game and it was like every ball that she ran down i could almost feel her smiling when she was doing it (laughs) and and yeah it was easy to cheer for her yeah so beautiful yeah i mean what a culmination well ali krieger is freaking living the storybook moment right now and obviously it's not over she's just opening her next chapter and who knows there'll be highs and lows but what a way to go out it was it was it was so it was too cool i Um, love that for her and for her for our sport you know yeah and it was it was amazing to see. So congratulations to Krieger. Congratulations to Gotham. Gotham. Um, and we have so much more to discuss. We have so much more to discuss. But I will I will end with the fact that I always say for the NWSL to be a successful league, we need our major sports markets to be successful. And now we see your team in um, – Angel City, you know, building like a culture, a brand, a team, um, and having New York be successful as a sports team, as a brand is so important for the growth of our league because those are those are the cities that people look at. Those are the cities that people want to win, that people want to see the stars in. That's where you get your entertainment value in sports. And I think this is something that needs to be built off of um, for Gotham. And I'm excited what 2024 will bring for them. Well, I'm so glad that you brought that up because you say that to me all the time. <laughs> and as a non-sports fan, I really have no idea if that's true or right or why you even think that. But good on the big market. <laughs> and um, there's so much more to discuss. We're enjoying recapping this final match. And so we're going to do a little special treat for all of you. And we're coming back with a part two. Um, part two of this episode, uh, we'll work, we will continue our conversation about the final um, and about the state of the NWSL. So, you know, enjoy this episode and um, tune back in soon. And um, I think that 
when this episode releases, it is launch day for our members, nice. uh, for Reimaginers United, our beautiful collection. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we expect this to be selling out pretty, pretty quickly. So if you're not a member, you might want to join membership today so you can have 24 hours of early access to the drop. Um, this collection is really near and dear to Tobin and I's heart, um, basically building a football club that transcends any particular football pitch or, or any type of field or court at all. Um, it's a it's a club that wins for all um, and really embodies the the spirit of this business and and why we we started reink. Uh, so we hope we hope you love it um, and thank you so much for all of your support. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Like rate subscribe. Like rate subscribe leave a review. Um, we love you all. We love all of our listeners. We love you all so much in our membership. Thank you for watching. See ya. Part two. See you for part two. The Recap Show is a re-ink original series produced in partnership with HeadGum Studios. If you believe in what we're building and love this show, the most important thing you can do is follow or subscribe. Hit the plus sign on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review and share the show with a friend. We are so grateful. The Recap Show is executive produced by Tobin Heath, Kristen Press, Shane Romani, and Jamie Friedman. For HeadGum Studios, The Recap Show is brought to life by supervising producer Katie Moose, associate producer Ali Khan, video engineer and editor Rochelle Chen, motion graphics Eddie Ramos. Thank you.